Hello, ladies and gents. Hope you're well. What's the date today? I can't remember the date, but there was supposed to be a rail strike, so I'm at home when I wasn't expecting to be, which is nice. So, um, so I was talking to Head the other day, and he said, oh, Barry, why don't you do a podcast on um, Warm and Strict, but how do you get staff to be more warm? I think it's an interesting question. Um, so let's look at the roots of that. Okay, I don't, I don't know if I like the term warm strict because I think the word, the term strict has been so completely bastardized and and taken over and people's people's concept of of what strict means is just insane. You know, I like kids to say good morning to me. I say good morning to them. I often shake hands. Um, I'll say to them, "Hello, how are you?" Just me, how I am. As they leave, I'm expecting them to say, have a nice day, sir, because I say that sort of thing to them. Oh, he's strict. A while ago, I was at a school. I was doing my usual bit. So what I often do is I model on the school gates with SLT, how, how kids enter the site and, uh, and how kids should be speaking to us and how we should speak to them and so on. So I was doing that and I slowed them down, as usual. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, just going to slow you down, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be a nice single file line, please. And as you go past, I'm looking for two words. Morning, sir. It's important to use the sir because it's extra polite. Cause this school extra polite. So I'm modelling all that, and uh, and I'll often say to the kids, "Are you well, sir?" And I'll say, and I'll, or I might say something like, um, "Oh, have a nice day." That's what often this was the incident. So, so I'm going to say to you, "Have a nice day," and you're going to say, "You too, sir." Three magic words, right? You too, sir. It comes across as really polite, and it comes across as confident. So I did that spiel, and there must have been this parent watching me, and. Uh, the parent came up to me, really aggressive, pointing at my face, um, shouting at me, swearing at me, uh, waving it. The head had sent a letter out to a while before I came, actually, um, to parents going, listen, we really want to work on genuine mutual respect. It's important to da, 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 how we talk to each other. And this parent is shouting and swearing at me, waving a, this Letter in the hand. You're not showing them respect. You're. I think she called me a. See you next Tuesday. If I recall, well, I've been called that a few times. Um, <laughs> um, people just society. Schools reflect society. Okay, and society is in a mess. The concept of courtesy. It's kind of. It's gone off in a way different direction. We, as a society, we're very narcissistic. We're constantly, but what about me? What about my needs? What about what I want? No. If you want to live in society, you have to fit in. You assimilate. You make trade-offs. You can't just have what you want when you want. That's what two-year-olds think. And we should socialise people to teach them, well, actually, if you want to live amongst other people, You've got to be pleasant. You've got to give them something they want. We've got to all rub along together. Warm strict, the word strict, I don't know what you think it means. <sighs> for me, courtesy, okay? What I'm looking for is I'm very polite to you. You're very polite to me. I never interrupt you. You never interrupt me. I never ignore you. You never ignore me. Do I interrupt children? Yes, I will interrupt children. There are children that are trying to tell me how to do my job, tell other adults how to do their job, and say, no, no, I'm very polite to you, you're very polite to me. It's not how we talk to each other. As they go off and they rant. But when 11-year-olds think they can stand and call out the odds to senior team, teachers, 
dinner ladies, dinner ladies are clean as anybody. When 11-year-olds think that is there, they have the authority to be really rude and aggressive to adults, something has gone seriously wrong. They've been 11 years of damage before they get to secondary school. Now, I can't change what's going on in the past, and I can't change parents. I know some people will say, it's really important you build links with parents. Well, no, not really, not for me. Tell parents by all means. Tell them exactly what you stand for. Do the podcasts. Do them in community languages if you want. You Make sure that you lay out your stall absolutely clearly. This is what this school stands for. This is what we're about. No apologies. Never apologise. Because if you thought long and hard about what you want, if you thought carefully about what you want, I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes, and I'm not going to say you're going to have to revise your ideas or revise your methodology or revise how you train staff, because training staff is huge, right? But you've thought carefully about what you want, and I'm, I'm working on the basis when I say never apologise, that you're not embarrassed, you're not ashamed of what you're promulgating, what you believe in. I'm not saying uh, let's be really, really tough to children uh, and let's beat them down. I'm saying let's treat, sorry, let's train children, teach children to be as polite to us as we are to them. And let's really model courtesy in every single interaction. Now, it starts from the top, it starts from SLT, okay? A lot of SLT are just not very good at this. I see children be rude to SLT all the time. Openly defiant and rude in their facial expression, their tone of voice, their body language, their choice of, their choice of um, language. Children do this and SLT do not correct them. So what signal have you just given the kid? Ah, it's fine. Treat me like crap. It's, ah, it's fine. And if you can treat me badly, you can treat any other member of staff badly. So if you're talking about warm and strict, let's just forget the word strict. Let's just talk courtesy, yeah? Let's talk, I'm very polite to you, you're very polite to me. Assemblies, what are you doing in assemblies? Are you standing in assemblies just ticking off talking points that you hope Ofsted will like? Because I see that all the time. Somebody is standing in front of a PowerPoint with lots of Ofsted will like this points. I'm sick of children being told that they're unsafe and this is what to do if they, if they feel unsafe. I'm sick of this obsession with safety. I'm sick of this obsession with diversity and equity and inclusion in assemblies because schools hope that it will be liked by Ofsted. Let's talk to kids about being kind to one another, being courteous to one another, being respectful of one another. Yeah, look, you're not going to get on with everybody. But we all kind of rub along together. And if you don't like somebody, well, you just don't hang around with them. Simple as that. Talk to them about the social norms in this school. Right, ladies and gents, a reminder, okay? In the corridors, we have a single file, shot against the wall, and we keep on the left. The reason we do that is so we're not pushing and shoving each other, because it's not very nice. You know, some of the stairs, they're quite narrow, aren't they? Some of the corridors are quite narrow. So if we're all pushing and shoving and being selfish, well, that's not very nice for anybody. So what we do is in every decision we make, we're thinking, right, how can I, okay, I'll get what I want, but also how can I make it bearable and actually quite pleasant for other people around me? Because if we all make little sacrifices and we all make little concessions and we all are just a little bit more considerate of other people, then the world's going to be a nicer place in it. And let's talk to children normally. I hear people talk to children in assemblies 
And it's like they're reading an Ofsted manual. It's weird. It's not normal language. It's not the language that you would use talking to a kid. Just talk to them. They're humans. They're silly humans, very often. They're irrational humans, very often. They're highly emotional humans, very often. But they're little humans that we're trying to train and try to show them, well, this is how you, you harness your emotions. This is how you stop you know, being driven by emotion. This is how you become more considerate of others. This is how you react calmly. This is how you delay gratification. We're, we're teaching them to grow up, aren't we? Isn't that our job, our part of our job? Now, listen, really, really our job should be, you come to school and I'm going to teach you to read and write and science, whatever the academic subjects, okay? Whatever that curriculum may be. But the truth is, the reality is, that we are having to do a lot of the job that parents don't do. And we have to do that incredibly explicitly. Now, I think the blurring of lines between parents and, and school has just become so crazy. Why are we talking about sex to children all the time? I don't understand this. Parents should be explaining that to children, right? Um, we shouldn't have to teach them how to hold a knife and fork. But often we have to. We shouldn't have to teach them how to say please and thank you. But often we have to. Maybe we're reteaching it. Okay, I'm going to give the parents the, the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying all oh, parents are the same. Look, you know in your school, there are some kids will walk through the door and, oh, that kid is delightful. That kid is charming. Well, that kid is probably a product of the home environment, isn't he? Yeah? But those kids that are absolutely delightful do stand out. They do stand out. And I know... This is what everybody says. Oh, of course, you most of our kids are amazing. No, actually, most of your kids aren't amazing. A handful of your kids are very pleasant. A handful of your kids, or actually sometimes a large proportion of your kids are very unpleasant. And there's a large chunk in the middle to fit in are also very unpleasant. They curl their lip. They don't listen. They are openly contemptuous towards adults because that's become the school culture. Now... If we're talking about mutual respect, if we're talking about courtesy, okay, not warm strict because I don't like the term, it's not useful because the whole term of strict has become channeled into something else because people want to misrepresent it. Look, there was another newspaper article uh, today um, and again, so according to the press, I believe nothing I read in the press, nothing. I don't even believe the price of the newspaper on the front cover. Although nobody reads newspapers now, it's all online. But you get my drift. I believe nothing. I just believe nothing. Um, but another newspaper report, and they're saying what they're saying now. Oh, yeah, the parents are on the doorstep, and the parents are complaining because, these, you know, it's military and it's draconian, and the school's doing awful, awful things, and special needs, special needs, special needs. Because everybody uses the term special needs so promiscuously. What does it even mean? It's an industry on many levels. It's highly dubious definitions on many levels. And tell you what I don't like. Why do we assume there's something wrong with the kid? When you go into classrooms, you see chaotic schools, chaotic school cultures, really poor quality teaching, really poor quality resources. Everything is set up for that kid to fail in that school. And then the kid fails. And then the kid messes around. And then the kid doesn't learn much. 
and then we blame the kid? Like there's something medically wrong with it? But maybe, maybe he's got a chaotic home life. Maybe he's got a chaotic school life. Maybe all the significant adults in his life are failing him on a daily basis. And maybe there's not that much wrong with the kid. If anything, medically, physically wrong with the kid. Why aren't we looking first at the parents, at the home culture? Why are we looking at the school, at the teaching, at the... Is this, you know, does the school have structure? Is it unambiguous? Or are kids having lessons where they're learning lots? Is the teaching methodology effective? Are there good relationships between the adults and the children? Now, good adults, good relationships between adults and children is not adults and children on the same level. And it's not adults trying to appease and placate children. But I say it all the time. It's adults being authority figures. As I always say, I'm your boss. I'm a very kind boss, but obviously we're your bosses. Because that's our job. To sex formers. Why are so many sex formers so incredibly rude? Why have they got such poor social skills? Why are they half naked a lot of the time? Right? Because we're not being adults. So we taught this is a, this is a trick that so many schools miss. I say it at schools that I work with that have got a sex former say, listen. You need to take your, sit your sixth form down and explain to them what you're trying to do with your 7 to 11. They may have younger siblings, whatever. But I need the sixth form to understand, listen, we're doing what we're doing, slant shape steps, for example, um, a lot more talking in corridors, building relationships with children, insisting upon courtesy, teaching courtesy, modelling courtesy. We're doing that because all those children need those social skills. Everybody needs those social skills. It's how we get by in life, right? But six formers, you need it really urgently because, what do I say to year sevens? Every time you talk to an adult, it's like you're practicing. How are you going to talk to uh, job interviews, college interviews, university interviews? You're practicing, okay? Six formers, you're there. It's not the 11th hour, it's 11.59. You are there. And a lot of you are pleasant enough when we talk to you in the corridors, public areas. A lot of you are monosyllabic. A lot of you grunt. A lot of you in your facial expression, tone of voice, body language, do not come across as confident young adults. I always use this reference. But I want them to have that confidence. I remember when I first met Johnny Porter. Johnny Porter was a, a deputy head at uh, Michaela. Eventually became a deputy head. But now I met him as a 24-year-old teacher. Super confident. Privately educated. Okay? Um, and I want the kids to have that confidence. Don't want them to be cocky, but I want them to be confident. I want them to be able to make good eye contact, shake a hand, um, hold a conversation, social niceties. When I visited Michaela a little while ago, um, I met some of the six formers, yeah, who I knew when they were little kids. And uh, they're working class kids, okay? Uh, but they had good social skills. I can't say they had the confidence that you'll often see in a lot of privately educated kids because they, you know, there's, a, there's a home environment factor there as well. Um, but those kids that I met at Michaela in the sixth form, they, had a, they knew how to interact with adults. A little bit, you know, a little bit gauche, a little bit ill at ease like normal kids are. But not the arrogance, not, sorry, not arrogance is not the word, not the, not the kind of the aggressive posturing that you'll often get from kids. None of that. And that's what I'm looking for. We're teaching children to be pleasant to each other and to us. And if you want 
teachers to be, which is the initial question from the head teacher I was talking to the other day, how do you get teachers to be more warm? Well, actually, SLT, you have to model it first, okay? Everything has to be modeled from SLT. You may have 100 staff. You may have 100 adults working for you. You may have more. What are the interactions like as you go around school with your staff? I'm visiting school all the time, on like different schools. And I'm always over the top. Hello, how are you? Did you have a good day? Da, 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 da. And I'm always trying to make little conversations or little jokes. I'm going out my way to be pleasant. Can I be bothered? A lot of the time, no. But this is how we oil those wheels, isn't it? This is how we make... Other day I was in a school. Met a teacher in the corridor. She was just bouncy and, and had energy. And I thought, you know, if I was having a rubbish day, I'd pop along to her classroom. I'm not saying a teacher was brilliant, because I don't know. But what I'm saying is, in the corridor, she was just chirpy. She was just upbeat. It was nice to spend time, even a few seconds in a corridor, with somebody that's pleasant. Hello, how are you today? You well? Did you have a nice weekend? I certainly did, thank you. I know everybody asks, have you had a nice weekend? I know it's a social nicety, Right? But it's just nice to be around people with a bit of energy. And that, again, is something that we have to model as SLT. And it's something that we have to train our SLT to do if we're the head. We have to embody if we're the head. We have to explain that in assemblies. Explain that in assemblies to kids. Don't make your assemblies all about, I'll say the things that I'm supposed to say for Ofsted. Make your assemblies about culture. When else do you have, you have very few other occasions, but we'll talk about them, you have very few occasions when you get large groups of children together and you can give a unified message. Now, I'm going to advocate podcasts for parents and for staff and children can listen, but very few parents are going to listen to those podcasts. Very few children are going to listen to those podcasts. You might twist the arm of staff and you might get them to, to listen to it, okay? But I'm looking for opportunities to create a culture within school courteous culture, not warm and strict, a courteous culture that is distinctly different inside school to outside school. Very few opportunities, so I want to focus on what will have the biggest impact. Me, my personality, me modelling being warm and, what do I call it, WWF, warm, welcoming and friendly. Being explicit with staff, saying, look, this is a, a, a performance, this is a performance warm, welcoming and friendly. I used to often often talk at Charter about we need to be pantomime teachers, bigger versions of ourselves. Now, we're not you're not gonna be me. I don't want you to be me. That would be very strange and deeply irritating. But I need you to be a bigger version of yourself. The joke I always used to make as well is imagine yourself after a glass of wine, maybe two, not the bottle. A bigger, friendlier, more relaxed, open version of yourself. I don't see Teachers doing that very often. I don't see SLT doing that very often. Some teachers will do the friendly bit, but it's almost, well, it's, it's trying to appease kids. It's apologetic. So, the ch for example, incident the other day, I was in internal isolation in a school a while ago, actually, and um, a kid was quite rude, quite rudely asked for water, and, and the, the, the member of senior team that was in the room said something like, okay, then, I'll get it just for you. He was kind of jocular and jokey. Now, I don't mind the jocular and jokey bit, but I do mind that that was in response to a kid asking for the water in an incredibly rude way. Facial expression, tone of voice, body language. Oh, Johnny, no. 
I'm very polite to you, very polite to me. It's not how we talk to each other. You ask again, and this is what you say. Uh, excuse me, sir, uh, could I have some water? That's more polite than what you just did. You made that choice, your body language, facial expression, tone of voice, choice of language, to be incredibly rude. We have to call kids out on their rudeness, not just smile and kind of try to brush it off as if it's a joke. It's not. It's bloody rude. A while ago, I walked along the corridor. Kid was incredibly rude. Have I told you this already? Can't remember. Um, this lad, let's call him U11, big sturdy lad. Um, obviously fancied himself a bit. Didn't know me from Adam because I was visiting the school. Uh, I said, good morning, sir. I deliberately said good morning because I say good morning to everybody, but it was interesting to see his reaction. He was walking on the wrong side of the corridor, uh, stuffing his face full of food. Um, everything was wrong. His uniform was wrong. Everything. I stopped and said, good morning, sir. And, oh, cheers, mate, he said to me as he stuffed a pasta in his mouth. His body language, his facial expression, the fact that he's stuffing his face full of food. All of that was to communicate to me, yeah, because, you know, in this relationship, I'm top dog here. We've got to stop giving children the impression that they are top dog. They are not. The adults are the bosses. Very kind boss. So how do we demonstrate warmth? By being an adult. Being a confident adult. So when they're coming on at the site in the morning. Morning, Johnny, how are you today? You have a good day? Oh, Johnny, stop, please. Eye contact. Try it again. The answer is, oh, I'm well, thanks, sir. How are you? Go for it. Not look down, look away. Stop with all the special needs things. Stop that before you even start. Some kids are shy. And we're going to work with kids who are shy. And we're going to make them less shy. Okay? And some kids genuinely have issues. Well, we should know about that. But we still talk to them. We still talk to them. And over time, they'll get more comfortable. We don't ignore them. We don't look away. We don't, we don't let them live in this demi-monde where nobody has any contact with them. That's weird. You wouldn't want that for your own kids. Or just ignore him. Just pretend he's not there. Just let him become a social recluse. No. We should just have to teach English, math, science and so on. But actually we're teaching social skills. That is our job. It's become our job. Because often social skills are not being taught by the family. And wider society and the family are actually teaching the opposite of the social skills we really want for kids. How do we demonstrate warmth? We talk to kids lots. If you stop kids, I stop kids in corridors all the time, right? Kids, I see far too many kids out of lessons, far too many kids feigning illness, far too many kids going to the toilet during lessons. But we've got to a point now, it seems, that teachers are vet. You know, this is anathema to me because it wasn't, at the, it certainly wasn't like this at Charter when I was there and it wasn't like this at uh, Aunt Michaela. Um, but teachers refuse adults, sorry, Teachers refuse children nothing. So, kid wants to go to the toilet. He's going, wants to go to the toilet because he's bored 99% of the time. He wants a break. No, it's all right. It's 10 minutes break. Uh, it's half an hour break. You'll be fine. You say that, they look disgruntled. But the child, when he believes that you mean what you say, it's like, okay then. I tried it. And then they go break time. It's that simple. Will you sometimes make mistakes as a teacher? Yes, because you are not infallible. Do children tell lies? Yes, all human beings tell lies. All human beings tell lies to get what they want in the short term, okay? Because human beings are quite clever and quite manipulative. That's what we do to each other. 
How do we demonstrate warmth? We are adults. We taught the children a lot. So when I stop a kid in a corridor, classic case, right? Because the kids are not really listening, right? And I'll say, hello, how are you? Good morning, miss, how are you? And the kid, when they're out of lessons, will invariably wave a bit of paper at me, if they have one. Oh, I'm going to the toilet, I've got a note. Uh, oh, sorry, miss, I wasn't even asking that. I was just saying, good morning, how are you? And they're shocked and they don't know how to do it. Right, so if I'm saying good morning to you, then you say to me, oh, well, thanks, sir, how are you? And again, I'll explain like I explain in every podcast. The norm, kids, is this, right? We say to each other, hello, how are you? Oh, well, thanks, how are you? Oh, well, thanks, bye, have a nice day. That's the norm. If you're worried about something, you say, actually, I'm fine, thanks, sir, but actually, I'm a bit concerned about, oh, great, okay. I'll help you if I can. Now, the advice I give you, the help I give you, might not be what you want, because I might be showing you how to get better organised and actually spend less time on your phone. But tell us, because we're not mind readers, and we'll help you if we can. But again, a lot of kids practice being grumpy and miserable and rude and standoffish and snarly, and we don't correct them. So when you say, hello, Mary, how are you today? I'm really bad. Oh, stop. Please, miss. Is there a problem that I can help you with? When she's just whinging just because she's got into the habit of being miserable and grouchy and foul, tempered, really. It's quite addictive. You know that sort of scowly face that a lot of teenagers have? That didn't come out of nowhere. Little kids are really scowly-faced. They learn to be scowly-faced. Ah, that's because of trauma in their lives. Well, it's the, it's the culture that they're brought up in, yes. If you're brought up in a culture where your parents are scowling and your peers are scowling and to fit in and be normal and maybe to look adult is to scowl, then you're going to become scowly. So we have to normalise being pleasant. So the other day I was teaching a year seven class, right? And, uh, and there was a teacher waiting outside. Uh, they hadn't come in the room, but they were waiting outside. And they went, oh, God, the kids came out. And they were all really smiley. Yeah, they were smiley. Because I'm smiley. Because I'm giving appropriate praise when it's good, when it's worthwhile. And if someone's not good enough, going, no, that's not good enough. I'm going to move on to Johnny. Johnny, you're going to do it. And Mary, I'm going to come back to you because you need to practice that more. I'm not giving false praise. We give too much false praise. False praise is not warmth. Correcting kids, giving the praise. Of his, now, I'm going to say you're the, uh, you got the golden ticket, right? You're the star pupil today because I like the way you did this, 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 and this. Right? You were good. Johnny, you were good. But Mary, I love the way. And that just tipped it over for me. So, ladies and gents, if you want to be a star pupil, and remember, you've got to tell your mom and dad you've got star pupil day and tell them how tight I am and it's very hard to get star pupil. So, I'm talking to them like a human being. I'm being effusive. I'm being a large and light version of myself. You won't be me. I don't want you to be me. But we can all be a larger-than-life version of ourselves, a bigger version of ourselves. You after a couple of glasses of wine. The ebullience. Now, if you're going to an interview, you try and present as if you've got a personality, don't you? Don't you? So why with children do you present as either stony-faced, I don't like you. I know why people do stony-faced, I don't like you. They do stony-faced, I don't like you because they're frightened of the children. But it just makes you look like you don't like the kids. And savvy kids know that it also means you don't like them. Sorry, it also means that you're a bit scared of them, okay? Um, but why do I walk around school all the time? Morty, how are you? Are you well? Of course they think I'm mad as a hatter. Why do I do poetry? Why do I ask them the capitals of the world? Because I'm building a relationship. A relationship built upon 
this adult's very confident. I'm not going to take this adult on, but also this adult is confident being an adult. He's confident in the relationship between adult and child. He's confident he's the boss. And also, this adult, the other day, I was doing a, a sort of a, a cue. I was modelling for stuff. I was doing a cue for break, for break, yeah. When I was a kid, nobody got served any food at break. You know, just everybody, every school now, because they've got contracts, everybody's making money out of this. There are kids being served, big long queues, loads of food at break. We never used to do that. Like, we never used to have water. These are interesting things. Why are we doing all that? Now, there are pros and cons, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because lunch and break are often loads of seagulls, loads of food everywhere, loads of rubbish everywhere, um, very little adult authority. Anyway, anyway, that's another topic for another day. It just struck me there. When I was a kid, if you took some sweets, you took some sweets. If you didn't take them, you didn't take them. Hmm. Anyway, I was doing the queue, doing the queue at break time. Um... And I saw kids down. I'm just going to slow you down there, sir, because a big crowd up there. How are you doing? Any merits today? Any golden tickets or whatever they, they did at that school? And uh, what's your name again, sir? Johnny. Johnny, nice full sentence, please. Comes across as really polite. So you say, my name's Johnny, sir. Oh, my name's Johnny, sir. They're not used to full sentences. And there were a couple of girls coming up that were saying to each other, um, God, I've never seen a teacher that enthusiastic before. It's just an act. It's just a script. It's just the same old things. Hello, miss, how are you today? You had a good day? Do you ask me if I had a good day? I think they're very nice glasses. I say they're very nice glasses because I've got nice glasses. And then I said, kid, what about my glasses? Do you like my glasses? Yes, so you've got nice glasses. Well, yeah, I was hoping you were going to say that. They're very stylish, aren't they? A kid's hair, I'll go, um, nice haircut. Do you think I should do my hair like that? Do you like my haircut? The same old nonsense. Oh, yeah, but Barry, you know, you've got that personality. I'm just using a script. I'm just doing a bit of a performance, you know, and if I'm not having a, a wonderful, joyous day and I put on that performance, it lifts my spirits. I said to you earlier, teacher met in the corridor. She was jolly. She made me feel better because she was jolly. So SLT, if you want your staff to be warm, be warm. But explain to them, look, why we do this warm performance, why we correct when a child's facial expression, tone of voice, body language are rude, it's because we need that attention to detail. We need that minutiae. It's vitally important. So teachers, all of us, at the moment, I think many teachers are terrified of correcting kids because the kids will mouth off. It will not be followed up, especially if you're in a big school. It's really hard. Um... And so the teacher decides, I tell you what, I'm just going to ignore. Oh, there's been lots of fuss, hasn't there, in the press about the the, um, the government saying we're going to outlaw phones in schools. Yeah, of course, the timing, the government does it, hoping it'll get some, some, you know, mileage out of it for their own benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's politicians, wherever they come from, whatever their political uh, affiliation. Um, but then, of course, there's always the usual suspects. Let's not talk about phones because, you know, phones aren't a problem in school. yes. Flouting rules generally is a problem in schools. I see kids with their phones out in corridors all the time. I, I Very rarely, every school I go to has a sign saying on the left for corridors, I very rarely see children walk on the left. Adults ignore children 
not following rules all the time because we're frightened of correcting the children because we know the children very often will mouth off and be really aggressive and there isn't the system to pick it up and we don't feel we have personal authority. That comes from the head. Heads, SLT, be warm and welcoming and friendly with children and with staff and demonstrate it in every single interaction. A lot of that will mean correcting facial expression, tone of voice, body language. It isn't enough to go, hi, Johnny, how are you today? Johnny's rude and you continue being kind of smiley and pleasant. No, no, no. No, Johnny, you're coming across as rude. Don't like your facial expression. Let's try that again, please. Don't be afraid to correct children's facial expression, tone of voice, body language. When parents come in, with a slap, like a face, like a slap back side. Say it, a parent. Look, you don't look very happy, Mrs. Jones. Okay, what's your problem? Be honest. When parents refuse to shake your hand, be honest. And I'm going to say again: have parental meetings on Zoom. Time them. There's a start time. There's an end time. Parents don't turn up on time. Well, they've just lost whatever time they were late. You can end the conversation as you need to. The conversations are recorded. They can't tell lies about you. They can't misrepresent you. But let's just call people out when they're rude. Call parents out when they're rude and unhelpful and unsupportive. Call children out when they're unhelpful and unsupportive. Call staff out when they're not following the rules. Say, listen, this is how we do stuff, right? I'm going to show you. I'm going to model it for you. You're not doing it. Okay? I can show you how to get better at it. I can understand it. If you're a bit uncomfortable with it, you just need practice. That's fine. But... When I show you, I need you to practice it when I'm not here as well. It can't be something you try and do when I just walk in the room, but you don't do otherwise. Let's just be more honest with each other. And maybe that's warm strict, not warm strict. Maybe that's where culture of courtesy comes from. Being more direct and more honest. Not so direct that people are rocking back and forth and, and crying. Not so direct that um, people feel they're being attacked, but being direct enough to go, listen, and say this message in your assemblies. The reason we do what we do, every single thing we do, is for a reason. The reason we greet you a hundred times a day. The reason we say, how are you today, a hundred times a day. The reason when I go up to you in the corridor, I don't just say, Johnny, shirt in, please. I say, hello, Johnny, how are you? Are you well? Just me how I am. Do you have a nice weekend? What do you get up to? Ah, oh, Johnny, put your shirt in, good lad. Because I'm building a relationship. And a relationship is two-way. Genuine mutual respect. That's what I talk about, don't I? It's mutual. It's two-way. So when I say to Johnny, hello, Johnny, I have this little conversation with him, and then I get him to tuck his shirt in, he's had, he hasn't just grunted at me and grudgingly folded his shirt up a little bit at the front, and I've then let him walk away, and we've all pretended that we cooperated. Well, we haven't. And he wasn't even pretending to cooperate, was he? That was a power play, and he just won. I'm going to do the bare minimum because I'm fighting the enemy and the enemy is the adult. Talk to the kids about that in assembly. We're not the enemy. Stop fighting us. We're on your side. We're fallible. We'll make mistakes. And sometimes we'll get on your nerves. That's normal. Sometimes I'm in a meeting with the ad other adults and they're getting on my nerves. But I don't let it show or I try not to. Or I'm getting on their nerves. But they don't let it show. We try and remain polite to one another. It's hard, but it gets better with practice. And the alternative doesn't exist because the alternative is 
being rude to each other. We can't be rude to each other. Not in this school. If you want to be rude to people, go somewhere else, fine. But it isn't shame, because I'd like you to stay here, because I think we could do some really good things together. But if you're going to be here, it isn't an option to come and be really rude to colleagues, to peers, to teachers, to adults, to dinner ladies. When I'm slowing them down, remember I talked before about that queue, I'm slowing them down as they're going to get served a break. I'm saying, right, I'm going to slow you down a little bit. Now, remember, to the ladies behind the counter, right, super polite to somebody's mum. How would you want someone to talk to your mum? So, big voice, have a nice day, miss. Thanks very much, miss. It's important. Now, if I'm the only person doing that in a school, it's going to have minimal impact. But if we're all doing it, it will have a huge impact. But it starts with the head, and it starts with the SLT. And another thing we have to stop doing, it is not warm, for want of a better word, to allow a rude kid to be rude and then go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and justify and kind of, you know, all these long conversations with rude children don't. So Mary's rude. Right, try the again, please, Mary. I'm very polite to you. You're very polite to me. Sorry, sir. Oh, your facial expression, tone of voice, extremely rude. You know exactly what you're doing. That's not what we do here. We're going to try it again. You're going to say, sorry, sir, I won't be rude again. Go for it. Sorry, sir, I won't be rude again. Facial expert, all of that's wrong. No, still not good enough. We're going to do it one more time. Not good enough, you're going to internal isolation. That's it. Remember, that altercation there, where she chose in a body language, facial expression, tone of voice, to be rude three times, right? And I'm not putting that down as a hard and set rule three times either. Yeah, Schools are too ready to do that. How many minutes should I do this? How many times should I do that? You've got to use a bit of nose. But... That altercation would have come on the back of, ideally, countless assemblies where you've explained, using these anecdotes, what you expect us, how you expect us to talk to one another. So the other day, in assemblies, you should be saying, the other day, we're in the corridor, met this girl, I said, well, hello, Mary, how are you? Let's call her Mary for argument's sake. Um, and she was rude in a body language, facial expression, tone of voice. Then she was rude again, then she was rude again. So I put her into an isolation. In internal isolation, she could have got out after half an hour. All she had to do was the requisite amount of work. And after half an hour, if she'd done that work and she was as polite to us as we were to them, as we were to her, then she could have got out. But of course, she wasn't polite. She ended up staying in there for four hours because she was incredibly rude. And eventually, after four hours, she was sufficiently polite that we allowed her out. In the meantime, she sat in there in a room with teachers, with senior leadership team, Working, working, working. But she wasn't out with the maids. She had to have a toilet break separately. She had to have a lunch break separately. Well, all she had to do in the corridor when I said, Morning, miss, how are you? I'd say, I'm well, thanks, sir, how are you? And if she wasn't well, there was something more. I'm okay, sir, but actually, um, can I talk to you? Or, I'm fine, thanks, sir, because she's talked to another member of staff she wants to talk about if she has a problem. But, no, she had to be rude in a facial expression, tone of voice, body language choice of words. It was a choice she made. Like the boys who tried to take me on in corridors. Oh, you're right, mate. You're right, bud. No. No. Adults are adults. Children are children. Treat children like children. Behave like an adult yourself. Correct them. Model courtesy. How would you like someone to speak to your kids? Would you like them to indulge them when they're being rude? Or would you like them to correct them? Would you like somebody model courtesy? Would you like somebody to praise 
um, good behavior and immediately, oh, no, try that again, please. Wrong behavior. And if your answer is, I'm not having anybody correct my children, then you're part of the problem. So there's an awful lot to think about there. There you go, my usual rant. Please, no, here's another thing. People will often say, oh, Barry, I'd love to come, I'd love you to come and visit my school. Well, that's fine, because I, I do this for a living. So I come to your school and I, and I give you advice and I model for money. So I don't just come to your school because I've got nothing else to do, right? So if you want me to come to your school, great. If you want me to work with me, great, lovely. Send me a DM, we'll have a chat. Chatting on the phone costs nothing. Listen to podcasts costs nothing. But if you want me to come to your school, you give me money. And that's how it works. It's called capitalism. Again, that's something else for Twitter. Whoa! Right. Uh, I'm on a roll today. Um, have a lovely day. Um, I'll be off on my adventures again tomorrow. And um, DM me. Um, tell you what I'm really loving at the moment. I'm loving getting into lessons, actually teaching and modelling. Not just modelling. Starts the lessons, ends the lessons, how we hand out books how we do Q&A, all of that, but working with teachers and actually creating resources with them and showing them how to use those resources. That is really powerful. Now, you do enough of that with Year 7, then you create a, a crack team of teachers that are, I say crack, not crap, a crack team of teachers who are really confident and are much better performers in a classroom and the resources are better. And then you can use that to have that trickle-down effect for more teachers and more teachers and more teachers to be very confident performers in a classroom. So that's something to think about. DM me if you want to work with me. Um, DM me if you fancy visiting a school that I'm working in, okay? Um, you're going to see very much a work in progress, but, you know, if the head's up for it, I'm happy to have you pop in and see what I'm doing. Um, I'm in the northwest a lot this term. Oh, I'm in... Uh, the southeast a bit this term. So I'm being vague because I don't necessarily say what schools I'm in. Um, although the Daily Mail will tell you soon enough. Right. Anyway, you have a lovely day, and uh, and I'll speak to you soon. And DM me if you fancy a chat. And and, and if you've listened to the podcast of mine, yeah, re-listen to them because yeah, I've listened to it. Yeah, but I will re-listen to my own podcast, and I will learn stuff from my own podcast. Or, or I'll, I'll revisit stuff that I've, I've forgotten. This is 42 minutes. I suggest this one, you probably need to chunk it up into, let's call it 15-minute blocks max. Anyway, speedy soon. Cheers.